and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. I am Brandon Cruz, and with me today, uh, my guest is the host of Spielberg Pod, a show where he and his assorted guests and friends rewatch Spielberg films one at a time to discuss them, laugh about them, and recast them. Uh, a warm welcome to the show, all the way from London, Mr. Chris Johnston. Hello, sir. Hello, Brandon. How are you? Uh, nice, to you. nice to meet you. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's how how are things over over on that side of the ocean? Well, I like the other side. It's been a it's been a turbulent year politically, um, but you know, Christmas and um, New Year, new hope. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Did you did you catch Rogue One? Oh, I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Loved uh, it. So so good. So good. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I saw that. I, I didn't know that I wanted to see it. Uh, I just was kind of like ambivalent about a new Star Wars, especially one that wasn't uh, like a main part of the story. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as those first reviews came in, I was like, okay, well, you sold me. Oh, I just had the, the it was it was a Star Wars film. And so I felt like uh, there was no way the, that just growing up with Star Wars as, as, as a mainstay, much like the Spielberg stuff I talk about, you know, Star Wars just such a big thing when I was younger that, uh, yeah, there was no way I wasn't going to see it one way or another. Uh, although I was patient, I waited all the way till the second day of release. Oh. So that's <laughs> that's I showed some restraint, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, and, and that that's good. You know, you you have to do that sometimes. Well, some people do like the midnight screenings. I couldn't do that. I'm I'm a morning person, so I'd just be yawning all the way through it, uh, even if it's great. But so yeah, the midnight screenings of things have never really been my uh, my cup of tea. Yeah, the the few midnight screenings I've been to, I I've gotten I've fallen asleep. Like even if it's a movie I was really excited about, I was just like mm, I, I yeah. have to I have to close my eyes. Um, but yeah, well, sim- similarly, uh, I sometimes struggle with films when I'm hungry, and then I I'm, even if it's a film I really like, I'm just taken out of it. I'm just thinking, yeah, but what am I going to eat when I leave? Oh, I could get could get uh, could get some yeah some of that. No, oh, and. Uh, <laughs> That's a, that's a that's a big one to take me out of even even a good film. Um, yeah. Yeah. Food and sleep. They're the, they're the essentials. <laughs> uh so yeah, popcorn and nap at a time. Like To be fair, I never really uh I never really buy cinema snacks. I think I'm just a cheapskate. Um <laughs> uh so you know, it's it's yeah. yeah, and I don't think a lot of people do over here, to be honest. I think maybe it's more uh, an American thing. I mean, they they definitely sell everything over here, but uh, people rare. I think yeah, the the last time I bought popcorn at the cinema was probably about a decade ago. But uh, but yeah, I definitely want to bring stuff in with me, sort of a quiet a quiet snack. Right, uh, right. You know, a chocolate bar in the pocket, or uh, um, yeah, N- small nothing, roll. Nothing too cellophane-y, where it's just like just. Just so, so much crinkling. But... Yeah, you can't do the ind- individually wrapped things. You can't can't do it. Or crisps or uh, chips, you would call them. Right. Can't. Some people do it, but the, the crunch. You can't have the crunch. It's yeah. <laughs> a friend uh, of mine. A friend of mine used to go. There was a Turkish restaurant across the road from our local cinema, yeah. and she would quite often go in there and buy like a huge big kebab and take it across the cinema. For real. Um, so it's hot, smelly kebab. Yeah. Um, but always look delicious. Mm. Yeah, yeah. My my wife, uh, there was there was a period of time where she would just she'd pop her own popcorn just at home, 
and then and then just take it into it like in her purse, <laughs> just like, eating popcorn out of her purse. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Why not? If, if she knows she knows how she likes her popcorn, so yeah. Yeah, I mean she she knows what she wants, you know. So mm. and somehow that included me, which is which is kind of odd too. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. Well, uh, you you want to go ahead and get into the the show here? Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's an episode called Back There. You said that's that's right. That's the one. It uh, originally aired. <laughs> Just to check, we've talked about the same one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we're talking about Nick of Time. Then. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was like, have I seen that? Maybe. That was like twenty four. It's it's got uh, it's got Shatner in it. Oh. Uh, yeah, the... oh, I don't think I have seen that. Yes, okay. but back there, yes. <laughs> but but back there. Uh, originally aired uh, in uh, January thirteenth of nineteen sixty one, has mm-hmm. uh, Russell Johnson as Corrigan, who was the professor from Gilligan's Island, um, and you know a, a sci-fi movie character actor staple, um, a Bartlett Robinson as William. He he wasn't in that really all that much, just at the beginning and the end. But he was mm-hmm. also in uh, To Serve Man, which is a pretty famous one, right? Directed by David Dean or David Ork McDermott, who directed three episodes, and of course, uh, teleplay by Rod Serling. Um, so, uh, as far as the synopsis goes, you know, after a conversation about hypothetical time travel, uh, Mr. Corrigan, the professor, steps out of a gentleman's club and into the past, specifically 1865, the night of. President Lincoln's assassination. After what are the Trump- odds? Yeah, what, what are the odds? Like, he couldn't have picked a year where it was like, nothing happened. <laughs> like, oh, a stock market high. <laughs> yeah, of all, of all the years, he, um, just of all the days of all the years, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, you know, after, after trying and failing to warn people about the assassination, he's, uh, he's, only, he's believed by couple men but one specifically a mr wellington and mm. after ex- after explaining that this the assassination to this mr wellington i use in quotes uh corrigan realizes that this guy's drugged him uh, and then after he wakes up he notices that wellington has left behind a handkerchief handkerchief with the initials jwb uh aka john wilkes booth of, of course That's the one uh, and realizing he can't change the past, he finds himself banging on the gentleman's club that he left in the beginning. He goes inside and finds a new person sitting at the, the poker table who, of uh, the guys who are talking about the hypotheticals, uh, and realizes that it's a great grandson of the only other person to believe Corrigan in the past, who at the beginning of the episode was just a kind of attendant in this gentleman's club, but now he's a rich dude and his great great grandfather was a police officer. Mm-hmm. And then he reaches into his pocket. He sees he still has that JWB handkerchief, and he realizes you can change some things, but you can't change everything. In the Twilight Zone. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, 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 Chris, uh, to start it off, you know, what are, what are your initial thoughts on the episode? Uh, well, one of the things I was thinking about the episode because I do love time travel. Like I always loved time travel. Uh, I always think of like Back to the Future as one of my sort of defining films. And so I'm always intrigued to see something that's time travel based. Um, and I guess the idea of this, because obviously it's uh, him going back in time, can he prevent the assassination of Lincoln? I guess it felt to me like a slightly more family-friendly version of that idea of 
if you could go back in time, would you kill baby Hitler? <laughs> right, I mean, right. You know, it's, it's a much more sanitized version of it because you're trying to save someone rather than kill somebody, let alone a, a baby. It still felt like the same kind of idea to me, um, which was interesting. Uh, um, so there was, there was stuff that I liked. Um, the, the two main performances were quite big, but I quite enjoyed that. The, the guy playing uh, the professor and Wellington, especially, was very big performances. And that was quite enjoyable. Uh, but I did think that the, the twist was slightly lacking. Like, I didn't think a huge amount actually happened when he went back in time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no, there's, there's no big bang necessarily. It was just like, oh, yeah, you're right. You can't really change the past. <laughs> mm. Like, well, because, like, yeah, because I was expecting for him to somehow it, to be him that was the guy that is going to end up killing Lincoln, or if you or that classic thing where if he prevented the assassination, would it have made things worse somehow? Which I guess are those standard sort of um, takes on the story. Yeah. Because um, kind of he went back. He couldn't prevent it. He went back, and I didn't think a lot had changed. It was just the one guy was no longer the waiter. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah. it wasn't like an, an earth-shattering twist. Yeah, it was coming like that's random. They, um, they, 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 you know, there, there have been uh, even uh, the Stephen King story that was made into uh, like a Hulu um, series, the twelve, uh, eleven something something sixty one or whatever it was. Yeah, the uh, James Franco one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like even that, you know, that that story like he went back, he changed stuff and he saw how worse it made everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even something like that in this episode probably would have would have made that that twist a little bit better. I mean, one of the things I'll, I'll give the show it's it's a short show, so they have a very short stretch of time mm-hmm. to to tell the story. So economy of storytelling, I guess, yeah. is 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 key certainly um and one of the things i did quite like actually like you get your the the guy doing the introduction there's a cool i like the way they sort of pan to him in that chair but when they <laughs> cut straight into that conversation they really waste no time we jump literally straight in with the most normal conversation around a table like well yeah if you could travel in time you know it's kind of there was there was no um no, no time wasted as it were they <laughs> leapt straight into the not a very natural conversation, but a conversation that was key to the the episode, uh, which it was novel. How quickly they just leapt straight in with no um, no fuss, no muss. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It it was it was like it was such a nat. Maybe it wasn't natural, but it's like a conversation that I've had with my friends, just like just yeah. playing a board game or something like that, like that. And yeah. like, uh, in like if if you were to walk into a conversation that's like something that you would hear in my circles right that's true i guess i like the nature of they've you could assume that the conversation did start naturally and we've just cut literally to the point in uh the conversation um you know i mean it's just it's just there's no there's no even like the tail end of something else or (laughs) how the conversation naturally flowed but i quite i thought that was quite novel actually how they literally were this is the important stuff we're we're getting you to it (laughs) because we've we've got we've got 25 minutes we're like We've got to move. Uh, audience, look, we we need to get into this right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think there's a little bit of of that too. Like when he steps out of the the gentleman's club, and mm-hmm. instead of instead of explaining time travel or or how he's traveling back in time, there's like you know let me let's just make him feel 
a little faint. <laughs> focus in, focus out, okay. and we're back. You know what I mean? It's, uh, again, economy of budget. That's a very cheap way to do it. Um, but, but like I said, the, the, the how he's traveling back in time isn't really important. You know, the, it's about the idea of this guy. It's not uh, like, like I was wondering if somebody was, I thought like, because they focus on William a little bit at the, at the club before he goes back. Somehow I thought he was going to have sent him back at first. I didn't yeah. quite know why. But I thought, oh, is he going to send him back? I just didn't have no idea why. Uh, it's more just because they dwelled on this guy for like just a bit too long. You're like, why are we, why are we focusing on this guy? He's, and so I was like, he's the like puppet master, which he isn't, but he comes back obviously because he benefits through, yeah. Right. Yeah. When when he came back from the past and William wasn't there uh, mm-hmm. as, as the attendant, and then he's like, William, I've never heard of a William or Williams never worked for us. Like I forgot that he was there at the very, very end of the episode. And so like I had that, that moment of, Oh, why did William send him back in time randomly? <laughs> <laughs> like it was this scheme, which he'd, he'd been plotting the whole time. Yeah. The weirdest, the weirdest scheme you could ever imagine. So convoluted. Uh, yes. And, and contrived. <laughs> mm. And obviously uh, one of the, one of the things about the episode is cause, uh, it's about the assassination of Lincoln, mm-hmm. and because we, we on my podcast we did talk recently about the film Lincoln, yes, um, which I hadn't seen prior to doing the podcast. Um, but it did remind me that both me and my friend we knew almost nothing about Lincoln, because obviously you're American, probably most of your listeners are American, but we're British and we we cover so little American history, it would it would bog you know like I remember covering Columbus and the free ships, the Santa Maria and. And then the next time I think the Americas come up in our history classes were, and then they've just joined World War II. Um, <laughs> and, and I did history at sort of GCSE, then A-level, which is sort of, uh, sort of upper teenage years. But yeah, they're, they're, we, we do a lot of stuff in European history, but we, we, we do almost nothing on American history. Um, and so, like, I, I, I was familiar with the idea that John Wilkes Booth, it was, I, I knew he... I knew he was the guy that kills Lincoln, but I've no idea. Like, what, do you know other stuff about him? Is that widely known about, I assume it was political, his, his, um, motivation. Yeah. I mean, he, he was an actor. <laughs> I caught, I caught that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was part of a few different conspirators. He wasn't the only one, which is, which, which is part of what this episode kind of like doesn't really talk about. Like it makes it seem like it, he was the only person who's this was his idea, right? Um, but yeah, like he was he wasn't the only one who was con- conspiring against Lincoln that that night. Well, because you have to think, like I like I said, I'd forgotten I had heard that he was an actor. It wasn't something that registered for me in this episode. But then now you say that he he because he is dressed very fram- very flamboyantly. Yes. Uh, like he when he when he shows up uh, just from his mustache. You, like there's an alarm bell ringing me, telling telling me he's a villain, and he's got practically a cape. He's he's or not or maybe not a cape, but it's cape esque. Um, but he was this big big figure when he comes in. It's like, hello, you know what I mean? He's he's a, a larger than life character who, because because the the main guy there, what what, what could you remind me then the main yeah, the main uh, character's name again? Yeah, Cor- Corrigan. But he he goes back in time and he works out pretty quickly that it's the date Lincoln's gonna die. And he, he goes, 
sensibly tells the police, but then no, or, or maybe on the way to tell the police. So John Wilkes Booth, he just overheard this, perchance, like he yeah. was on the way to the to, to Ford's Theatre, and he just sort of overheard some random guy screaming his name and thought, well, I'm intrigued. <laughs> you know I mean, I'll, I've got time. The, the show doesn't start for another quarter of an hour. I can probably follow up on this. Uh, and you mean it's odd. St- <laughs> stop, in for, odd. stop in for a bite to eat, you know. Yeah. You know, count yeah, me yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, because he, he goes in and manages to get hold of this guy who's been arrested pretty, pretty, pretty easily. You know, he's turns on the charm and says, oh, I can I can I can help you out with this with this loon and takes him back to his place. Yeah, it's it's it, it just demonstrates how much easier it was to con people back then. Like, uh, well, everything, everything was easier. Like he, when yeah. Corrigan goes to his place and ends up renting a room there. I mean, there's no damage deposit. There's no um, <laughs> reference checking. He just he he just tells him he, he's an engineer and she's super jazzed. Oh, you know what I mean? She's oh engineer. Ooh. Wow. Why? Well, Why didn't you say that. so? Yeah. You got the vapors. Yeah, life life simple. Like he he put down no cash up front, which is convenient because his notes would have had sort of future presidents on them probably. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like I say, life 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 was simple. Life was simpler back then. Uh, and so is assassination, uh, clearly. But I'm not quite sure why he did decide to effectively kidnap Corrigan. Yeah, uh, that that's kind of odd. So the way I felt about it was that John Wilkes Booth wasn't certain about killing Lincoln, maybe at that oh, point in time. Well, like he was on the fence. I might. I'll see how I yeah. feel later. Yeah, and then, and then Corrigan saying, like, John Wilkes Booth is going to kill him. Like I know this, mm-hmm. uh, then he's like, "Oh, cool! There's my confirmation that I'm doing the right thing." Yeah, yeah, you you you, you could be right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's ambiguous. Yes, mm. yes. Um, what what are your what are your thoughts on on time travel in general? Like, you know, like do you do you subscribe to the Back to the Future time travel, or are you more of like a more uh, um, maybe like Terminator type tra- time travel, where it's just all paradoxical? Do, well, do you like, have any yeah, thoughts on those? Well, I start to think about how the, the different types of time travel are really, I guess, there's some types of time travel where time itself is preventing you from making changes, like uh, you're a virus in the bloodstream, whatever. Yeah. And obviously there's some types of time travel where uh, the main character's actions were almost predetermined, like they were the reason for the history in their past. And which is what I thought this was going to be. I thought he was going to be integral in causing the assassination somehow. Mm. Um, and I guess there's another type, which is that uh, where people go back in time and they just make big changes and it completely changes the future. Um, and I think they've all got their merits, to be honest. I've enjoyed all, all different types of time travel. Uh, like I say, Back to the Future is probably the, the big one. But yeah, like I say, the the, the term the first two Terminator films are tremendous fun. Uh, yeah. Looper more recently was great. Yes, I mean yeah. Bill and Ted. I used to love that when I was <laughs> when I was like uh, younger. Uh, yeah, I used to watch it endlessly. It's there's there's so much fun to be had with time travel. So many different times. Uh, it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, 
uh, you you bring up Bill and Ted. Uh, I, I having watched it again just recently, I I just thought, man, they are they are so uh, just irresponsible with <laughs> time travel, <laughs> like just making so many anachronisms. But one of the, one of the cleverest things, one of the most amusing things in that film, is there's a bit where they work out that they will later go back in go back in time and put a gun there, I think, or, or put the keys there. Yeah. And they go, yeah, we'll just do that later. And that makes it appear. It's such a, like an inspired sort of uh, almost lazy plot device, but it's done so um, sort of brazenly. I guess. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's, 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 again, like I, said, I haven't watched it in over a decade. So whether it holds up. That, that, uh, part, that part confused the hell out of me as a kid. It was like, you know, you're like as a kid, you, you don't, you don't really process things yet. Uh, fully, mm-hmm. and so I never understood. Like, I don't get why there's a key there still, or or even at the end of Back to the Future Two, when uh, when Michael J. Fox runs back after yeah. Michael J. Fox goes forward in time. Oh, I love that. Like, bit. That, oh. that confused <laughs> the, that confused the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that, that. But like I said, that's, 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 you could do things like those which are very silly with time travel, or then you've got. Like your primer, or uh, what's the other? You know, you, there are some films which are have very serious takes on time travel. Like it's time such crimes. A, I've never seen that. Actually, I've heard very good things. I've never actually yeah. seen time crimes. Yeah. Uh, or like I always remember there was a film that I watched when I was really young with uh, Christopher Reeve. I think oh. it's called. What's it called? Uh, but, yeah, I, the I, name. I, I, I know. It, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He goes back in time by because he's fallen in love with Jane Seymour in a picture from the past. A bit weird, obviously, but he wants to go and meet her. So he makes his room look like it would have if it was, say, in the 1800s. And then he just has to think about it really hard. Like, I'm in the 1800s. I'm in the 1800s. I'm in the 1800s. And that's how he travels through time. And it's like a romance set in, like through time travel. Um yeah, I'm 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 struggling to figure out what that. I think it's like time after time, maybe or something like that. Possibly, it's it's something like that. It's something generic sounding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I, it's, I'd say it's so that's why it's, even even though I think that the twists in this film could could have used some work, but I always appreciate a bit of time travel in any show. I mean, Quantum Leap. I used to love watching that when I was younger. Oh yeah. Um, had great times watching it, and it made me think: Did they do an episode similar to this? Uh, I know they did one with uh, where he jumps into the body of Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. And I guess uh, it's a similar kind of idea that can you prevent an assassination, presidential assassination? Right. Yeah. In in that, I'm pretty sure in that episode he was supposed to shoot JFK, and then he's like he decides not to, and because he decides not to, he jumps into the body of of somebody else. That one of the security guards, I think, perhaps yeah. in the car. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Because uh, uh, because time's like no you you have you have to do this big event you have to. Mm-hmm. Did they did they do a few did they do uh, multiple time travel episodes in the Twilight Zone? Are there are there many like this? Oh yeah oh yeah there's a um, there's one in season one called Last Flight and that's kind of like a, a predestination uh, type uh, to- uh, mm-hmm. time travel episode where a, a, a pilot from World War One goes into the future and then. Uh, he's he went in the future, escaping into clouds from uh, leaving his wingman buddy. He goes into mm-hmm. the future. He lands on, like on a current uh, 
Royal Air Force slash uh, U.S. Air Force base, and his buddy who he left to die is now like a, a like a general, but mm-hmm. like he's on his way to that base, and he's saying like, no, he couldn't have survived. He he, I left him. I left him to die. Mm. So then he realizes, oh, I can go back and save him. So he leaves. He gets on the plane. He gets out of there, and just as he leaves, the general arrives. And he's like, oh, yeah, I knew that guy. Like, uh, well, I thought he was I thought he was a scaredy cat. He flew away. But then out of nowhere, he comes in and he saves my ass, basically. <laughs> I feel uh, like I'm, that does sound very familiar. I'm trying to think why I, I might have even listened to the episode. That may be one of the episodes of the podcast I listened to. That, uh, <laughs> that could be why. Um, I was like, that sounds really familiar. Or, well, yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, it's a really good one. I mean, there's there, then there's more than that too. And even the guy who played Corrigan, season one, he played, he did time travel on a different episode. <laughs> this, so this is his second second time travel episode. But but like I said, you're because you're more of a connoisseur of the show. Like how would you compare this to sort of? Do you think this is a, one one of the stronger episodes, one of the weaker ones? Um, from so, your opinion, uh, as far as time travel goes. It, I think it's one of the more weaker ones, mm-hmm. um, just in the just uh, in relation to what you'd said initially, which is there's not really there's not really much of an impact of or lesson learned necessarily from this episode. It's just kind of like w- it's that William becomes wealthy, and you're like, so good for him, I guess. <laughs> and he's, yeah. he's he's a bit smug about it. I mean, if you had all that money for inherited wealth, you'd like to think you're a bit more understated and he's like well inherited wealth is the best you go yeah of course it is it's the easiest wealth you've done nothing for it (laughs) Um, absolutely nothing i I did all the work i went back in time for you 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 shit yeah i I ran around all evening trying to fix things and (laughs) what did you do nothing yeah Um, and and, you know the other thing too is corrigan at the beginning of the episode he's saying look i i don't think you can change time i i don't you know, they were talking about the stock market and like right before the stock market crash. Yeah. Maybe they can go in there and do something to, to change it. And he's the one who says, no, you can't change it. So I thought it was weird then through the course of the episode. Now he's like, oh, I, I can try to stop Lincoln's assassination. And mm-hmm. he can't and he can't change it. He's going against how he his argument in the, the, the beginning of the episode. Mm. Um. Yeah. So, so he, he's not like he learned a huge lesson, really. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you... I guess you, guess you can't change time. No, no, no. not that much. <laughs> but at least I've got this hanky to remember the day. Um, <laughs> do you reckon gonna... he used? Do you reckon he, like washed it, put it into circulation with his, I don't know, normal gentleman's cup of tire? Yeah, or or he got like a like an eight by eight frame. Yeah, I wonder like... if he framed it actually. Yeah, that's yeah. that's quite possible. Yeah, and or... people go, well, what's that? You go, well, there's an interesting story behind that, and <laughs> <laughs> people always leave thinking he's a bit um a bit mental yeah, yeah yeah and they're like uh i think you guys should get rid of him uh, out of this mm. gentleman's club he's a little a little kooky mm. but look like, like i said that the main guy playing corrigan not unlike the guy playing uh booth that he's quite a big actor like uh which i quite enjoyed he's sort of no no he can't you know he's, he's got quite a big performance which i enjoyed you know it was it was it was, it was fun right he, right. <laughs> he was uh, slightly larger than life Yes, and and I loved his hair. For some reason, I was like, his hair, he's got really spectacular hair. I wish I could have hair like him. And, and time travel doesn't mess with your hair. 
it, it gives you it gives you a, a magical change of clothing. Yes. Um, yeah, that which is convenient. Yeah, I think time travel does something like it, it's a good conditioner for the hair too. Like keeps it yeah. full full bodied. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah. It it it, it gives. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, so, uh, so usually I ask everybody to to rate the episode out of mm-hmm. uh, out of whatever scale they choose. Uh, what what would you rate this episode? I'm going to give it uh, a C plus. Okay. And that, I mean that could seem harsh, but I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, I at school I was a generally like a C student, so uh, I would knock it. It's still a pass. Um. Um. Yeah, no, it, it, it was it was it was fun to watch. It, 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 the the twist is such a key thing to to Twilight episode Twilight Zone episodes, and the twist was severely lacking. Right. Um, I kind of just needed a bit more to happen in the past as well. Um, I'm not quite sure what I wanted because, but, but but, but like I say, it was, it was, yeah, it it was it was it was enjoyable watch and watched it yeah a couple of times to make sure I had my um had my knowledge down. But yeah, I think a C plus. Okay, mm. uh, I, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, I I give it a seven and a half uh, out of ten. Country changing okay. assassination. Uh, one one thing I would note that this film has uh, this episode has uh, the same as um, the same as the film Lincoln. Both of them, while dealing with the Lincoln assassination, fail to show it on screen. Uh, mm. Both times, I think, are we going to get to see it? And both times, nah. Um, I just I just want to see somebody get murdered. Can we? Yeah, just, can we just have that. I want to see the hat just sort of come off dramatically <laughs> in slow motion. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, I'm, maybe one day we'll get to see that. And, and um, as and as it lands on the floor, it just goes goon 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 goon. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I I I thought this it was interesting, and I didn't I didn't plan this. Um, but you you talked about. Not really knowing anything about America, you know, you know not knowing the the Lincoln stuff, uh, American history. No, I, I don't know anything about American yeah. history. Nothing, nothing. Uh, um, I mean, I, yeah. Here it's quite big. <laughs> it is. It's expansive. Yes. Um, and really, that's that's probably all you need to know about it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought that was really interesting because I had never considered um, what what other folks know about American history. You, you, mm. Like we, uh, um, we take things for granted um because we're well, so do we, we 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 take other things for granted so it's all it's all relative i guess <laughs> right right um, but I, like as as far as what we learn right because your history is such a large part of our history mm-hmm. um like we we take a lot we learn a lot about uh, your history um and so you know we take for granted that uh we we have to explore that for ours and it, like, you guys don't see, yeah. ne- you don't need to explore ours because you're like wh- whatever like, at some point in time you guys fought us and then you're you're assholes and you left us yeah uh, <laughs> our, our, our history classes they they tend to avoid mentioning that maybe that's a maybe that's a political choice they just tend to um but we had other things going on we were uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> american revolution and the empire the empire let's look let's talk about the empire um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, let's 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 change the subject so we don't we yes. don't we don't fight again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Especially not. No, because I've got some tea. I wouldn't want it to get spilt. Yes. Um, well, I, I'm drinking tea yeah, right now. Goes. So so you know, I feel like I feel like the we're mending. Yeah, I mean that's 
that's the appropriate way to 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 converse with a british person have a cup of tea or bring up tea that's tea and the weather and queuing that's all you really need to know about britain to be honest okay we love uh, tea we love to queue and it's always raining <laughs> that's that's really all you need to know all right got it uh, i'll yeah. make 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 a note right there yeah those are the key um key things to our culture uh yes uh um, so uh, so chris i want to i want to ask a few questions uh about sure. about your stuff right so you, mm-hmm. you you do you do spielberg pod uh how did you how did you get started with all that um i had the idea of uh just the notion of recasting films was something that struck me when uh i did a trip to birmingham to see kevin smith with one of my friends oh, and nice. we spent and we spent you know, a couple of days just wandering around Birmingham because I'd never been there, and I was we, I was just hypothetically going, oh, yeah, what if we were remaking like the X Men films? Who would you cast? And then we just sat in sort of pubs in Birmingham, just having quite pointless conversations about recasting. <laughs> and similarly, around the same time, I used to listen to a podcast called The Auteur Cast, which is no longer still running, but that would go through the works of filmmakers, like their body of work, one film at a time. And so I would watch films along with it. So uh, I went through all of like the Stanley Kubrick films and then would watch the film, listen to the podcast. And I did the same with, uh, say, Cameron Crowe or Sergio Leone. So I was enjoying this podcast to, to fill in some gaps mainly. Uh, and then when they ended it, I remember thinking it was a shame they never got to Spielberg because he was a filmmaker that you know I had grown up watching the films of. Um, but I was aware I still had a couple of holes. I thought, oh, well, I was going to fill those holes yeah. when when they got to tackle that. Um, and so, yeah, the, I really combined those two things. I was like, what if I did a, what if I came up with doing a podcast about Spielberg films? And I was like, and I could pad it out with, well, not pad it out, but I could cover the ones he produced as well, because there's so many fun films in there, sort of Gremlins, Goonies, Back mm. to the Future. And yeah, what if I attempt to do that podcast? And then at the end of each episode, we recast those films because they're big films with current actors. That was the the conceit. Watch the films and recast them. Um, but yeah, I just I'd been listening to podcasts for you know five five or six years, I guess, probably longer than that to be honest. Really enjoy podcasts, and and I like the idea that it was a medium that anyone could have a go at. Um, you know, what I mean, it's I was able to put it together on a a minimal budget you know you just need some microphones and a, a bit of kit and it was something that anyone could conceivably have a go at and yeah i liked talking to my friends about films why not do it with a microphone in front of us so that's uh, that's yeah yeah no t- that definitely that that's a really cool thing about podcasting is mm. so long as you know some of the beginning stuff like getting set up initially is kind of a pain in the butt yes uh yeah but but once you get into it, like your your voice your voice is out there, and mm. there there are so many people who agree and you know disagree, um, and, and so it's 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 interesting how just that whole process. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's like something I've probably got a bit too, like I spend a bit too long working on to be honest. I think um, at the moment, but it's 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 something I enjoy doing. Like I enjoy. I enjoy watching films. I always like yeah. watching films. I enjoy sitting down with my friends, especially the ones, I mean, almost all of them have been in person, apart from I did one with my friend over Skype because uh, she was abroad. But 
yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed sitting down, having a drink, talking films, um, and then yeah, then a ed- bit of editing and done. Yeah. Uh, and and so to be honest, I'm I'm very almost finished this Spielberg podcast because I've been going through it chrono- chronologically. I yeah. started with Jewel, and I think the most recent Spielberg film I talked about was I think it was in fact Lincoln, which is one of his more recent films. So at the moment, I'm just sort of editing the last few episodes. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed. Uh, I've noticed that you've been, you know, doing a lot of bonus episodes as well. Like you did, you did the Diehards, and yeah, that was. I just thought, oh, I should do something fun for Christmas, so I did all five Diehard films, um, <laughs> which was, which was, which, which was again fun. It was a, it was a fun sort of side project. Yeah, uh, I think with the bonus episodes, I tend to, I may have got a bit carried away with the amount of bonus episodes I've done, um, but. Almost all of the films we've talked about in the bonus episodes, they're just fun films to talk about. Yeah. So we talked about Star Wars, we talked about uh, Point Break, we talked about Leon, or The Professional, yes. as it's called in America. Um, just just films that we, we just like talking about films. and um, Yeah, so... But I was aware I probably had done a few too many... Well, I had done too many bonus episodes. <laughs> but yeah, Christmas, uh, it just, just so happened. Yeah, it was, I think one of my friends suggested the idea of talking about Die Hard because they had big Christmas films. I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do all of them because that's kind of my mentality, I think. <laughs> right. uh, and people go, well, yeah, but you're not going to do the, the fourth and fifth. And you go, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll like I said, if I'm going to do it, I'll do all of them. All of them. And, all, all or nothing. And, yeah, and similarly, uh, some of the best chats come when, when the films aren't that good, to be honest. That's, that brings its own level of um, entertainment. Yeah. Um, I, the, yeah, yeah. The, the fifth Die Hard film is that's a train wreck. <laughs> I I have not I have not seen it. Uh, once they stopped being rated R, I, I wasn't I wasn't as interested. Yeah, they definitely lose lose well lose that and other things. But yeah. Mm. Um. So this actually uh, ties into um. So you know, you you watch you watch the Die Hard from one yeah. to the fifth one, and you saw how they progressively either got worse or didn't weren't as good. Um, it's ups and ups and downs because two isn't <laughs> two isn't the world's greatest film either, to be honest. But, um, William, but William Sadler's badass, so I'll I'll give that to him. Definitely. Um, so like with with the Spielberg movies, uh, did you did you find that like watching all of them that you appreciated his work more, or did you as as you're looking at him critically, did you find you appreciated him less? Uh. I think it varied. So some films going back, I appreciated more, uh, and others, and others the opposite. You know, some 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 of them just have aged better than others, and and I would look, I would notice different things about the films because I watched them in a relatively close time scale, and I was re- doing some reading about the films as well. So there are other things which uh, things that that some of the themes that carried through and motifs that. I wasn't quite as aware of or hadn't really thought about or um but coming away I still think he's you know a master of cinema yeah. um yeah I, it hasn't left me um sort of hating his work or more cynical about his work I still still think he's he's one of the greats mm. yeah uh especially his his segment in the twilight zone movie with the, kick the, the 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 Twilight Zone movie was was an interesting one to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I, have you, have, I, 
because have you have you talked about that or is that something you think you would talk about i guess uh eventually eventually i will in, in when the chronologically chrono, chron, yeah when it comes up yeah that way it, yeah it'll, I, be, it'll be a bonus episode probably at mm-hmm. some point to be fair, I think I think his was the weakest section in the. It was it was a pretty weak section. The kick the can, uh, yeah. yeah. It, was, I, it had it had the same level of like you know how this film he goes back in time doesn't really change anything, comes back to the future. In that in that segment, uh, some old people start kicking a can around. They become young. They realize they don't really like being young. They become old again. That's basically it. It's one of those like. Oh, I thought there was going to be something more to it, but uh. yeah, I. I, I mean, I, what the? It, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say that 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 section just feels too like sugar coated, <laughs> mm-hmm. like uh, especially compared to the original. The original feels a little bit more cynical, whereas this mm-hmm. one, like Catman's uh, Crothers, he's like, "Don't worry, he'll get it," type <laughs> type thing, right? Whereas, like in the original, they're like he just gets escorted back into the old person home. Well, because one the one thing I read somewhere they said that I think he deliberately played it safe with that section after what happened with the the uh, Landis one. Oh yeah, yeah. Which uh, is Dick, his own Dick conversation Morrow. in yeah, but possibly it was very sugar coated. It's kind of like a a way of response, perhaps. Right, right. Um, like like originally the old man would just would just die, like have a heart attack trying <laughs> to take the can. And he's like, oh, you know what? Let's not let's not do that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a very interesting film to talk about. There's there's a, there's a lot of it. There's some very talented people involved. Uh, I think the directors there's like it's uh, Spielberg, Landis, George Miller, and uh, is it Joe, Joe Dante? Dante? Yep. I mean, they're, they're very four very very talented directors involved. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting watch. And something like, like I said, I hadn't seen prior to doing the podcast. Um, so it was one of those things that I thought, oh, that was something I got to see, you know, yeah. another piece of the puzzle. Like that was an ex- that was an experience. Um, hmm. I had that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Not, not we, even like I enjoyed it, but like I had it. it and we like... were much more sensitive about the Vic Morrow death than we had previously been when uh, we discussed the young girl in Poltergeist. Uh, oh. Unfortunately, that made me laugh quite a bit. Carol Ann. Really, I can't remember the name, but it's really not a very funny story. But I remember laughing a lot on the podcast. Um, uh, you know, I'm, he, I'm not a perfect individual. <laughs> no, no, none of us are. None of us are. Yeah. Um, that's a good transition into. Uh, so, all right, you have Spielberg Pod. You're you're about to finish that up. Are you going to be doing anything else? Uh, yes, uh, I'm just start to record episodes on like a follow-up podcast, uh, which is going to be about 1960s films. Ah, cool. And I could, I think one of the things I figured with uh, the Spielberg pod, like I say, I've done quite a few bonus episodes. I've got distracted talking about other films, and so I decided to give myself sort of a, a broader canvas. Yeah. To 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 basically um, revisit some classic films and also again, see some of these films which I always meant to see and just never got around to, but have a reason to do it. So films like uh, uh, West Side Story or The Man Curian Candidate or uh, Eight and a Half. Uh, I'd never seen those films, but at some stage I think, oh, I'll get to those on the podcast because it's a big part of it. So yeah, it's going to be a uh, podcast on 
1960s film. So any film made between 1960 and 1969. Very cool. Yeah, that's And that's something that will launch uh, later in the month. All right. And so, and so if people want to find out details on that, it's uh, either on my Twitter feed, on the Spielberg pod Twitter feed, or on the BFG episode. That's the episode where I'm going to give actual information on the... So, so that was that was that was that was almost an exclusive. Actually, I haven't mentioned it on the podcast yet because I've been keeping it under wraps. Oh, uh, do, you, do you do you want me to keep it under wraps? Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's fine. It, it makes sense that people may be interested in that because obviously this is a 1960s show, yes. and so people may enjoy 60s films as well. So I'm mm. I'm perfectly fine. Like oh, they can't have my great idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, look, he's releasing it this month, guys. You cannot yeah. steal it. He's, yeah, already, he's already I've releasing already recorded it. some, so you'd have to be pretty quick on the mark too. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been fun so far. Again, I've been carrying over a lot of the features I do enjoy doing on uh, the Spielberg pod, to be honest. Uh, so we're still recasting films. I'm still doing my uh, Jackie Chan-inspired feature, Who Am I? Um, which amuses me, if nothing else. Because um, yes. <laughs> I... I, I I do love a bit of Jackie Chan, it has to be said. Uh, look, look, you can do podcasts for other people, but if you're not doing it for yourself, then, yes. you know, why Why are you doing it? Yeah, like I say, I guess at the point where I stop enjoying doing it, it's possibly a time to call it a day. Um, and, and that's why you do Jackie Chan-inspired yeah. bits. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I've even started using the Jackie Chan sound clip, actually, um, just because it's a very funny clip. I don't know if you're familiar with his oeuvre. But, uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Rumble in the Bronx. That's oh, Rumble in the Bronx is top notch. It's superb. Mm. It's po- uh, po- probably my favorite, actually. How do how uh, your your Twitter is at Spielberg Pod, right? Is, yes. Is, Just so... all one word: S P I E L B R G P O D. There is a Facebook group for the podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean that will also have links to the episodes and. I mean, either those ways, if, if people wanted to get in touch, if they've got any questions or comments, if they want to get in touch and tell me, you know, there's a bit too much bad language on the podcast or, oh, you were really, really drunk on the Force Awakens episode. Is that very professional? You know, people can get in touch with these <laughs> these uh, these feedback uh, comments. Uh, be- being drunk makes the best film criticism. It's, it's all good. I think there's a there's the right level of drunk. I think is the key. You don't want to be sloppy. Uh, Can't be sloppy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, which I may have done, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but right. but you you want to be sort of fluid. Yeah. So everyone, go out and check out uh, the Star Wars Drunk Podcast with, it was, with it, Chris it, Johnson. It was specifically, it was specifically the Force Awakens one because <laughs> I've covered <laughs> uh, the foremost. M- no, four, four Star Wars. I've, I've done a few Star Wars podcasts. Um, <laughs> the joys of bonus episodes. Yes, yes, mm. absolutely. All right, well, well, thank you so much, Chris, for, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. No, thank you for having me. It was uh, welcome to be a guest. And as always, for the rest of you, there are a few ways you can get a hold of me. I am, of course, on Facebook.com slash S4YA podcast. S4, the number four. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, both at S4A underscore podcast. The email, S4A podcast at gmail.com. You can call 860-GO-TZ-POD. Bam, bing, bang, boom. And of course, this 
podcast, and more over at www.apatheticenthusiasm.com. Head out to iTunes, leave me a rating of some shape or form, and I would love that. That would be amazing. Uh, But until next week, I am Brandon Cruz, and this is Submitted for Your Approval.